Um, today, I want to wrap up our, our Ephesians series. And, you know, Jed, you're living out what Ephesians talks about, about us being the church. Um, and, you know, we can give to Coast Community Care and empower Jed and his team and others in that. But I tell you what, um, you and I have a place. You and I have a role in being the church in all the places God has you. From your home, right where you are now, to where God has you all during the week. Um, we are the church in all of those places. It's not about what happens on a Sunday, praise God, because hardly anybody's here. It's all about what happens in and through our lives as we live our lives and be the church. And so I would encourage you that in this series, as we bring it to a close, um, don't leave it there. Engage with truth and let's be the church. I want to wrap it up today. And I want to wrap it up through the lens of our focus for 2021, which is all about finding common ground with people. That's what Jed and his team are doing at Father's Table. You know, Jed has a common ground with people that's really quite unique. And I'm really proud of you that you can say that your story has been a catalyst, as horrible as that was for you, for God to do great work through you. God does that. What's the common ground that we have so that we might save some? That's what we want to do. You know, Ephesians wraps up. What I want to wrap up with today is two verses. That's it. Last week, Jeff spoke on the armour of God and landed that with the final piece of armour being prayer. And we can't miss that. Prayer is significant. And Paul actually wraps up the context of Ephesians in prayer. Now, the context of Paul, his background, if you don't know it, I'm sure you do, maybe you don't. He, he had a radical life change with God. He was actually persecuting Christians, had a revelation that Jesus was God, and then he totally changed his life. He would speak boldly about Jesus in so many different ways to the point where it landed him in prison. And so even in prison, in house arrest, in fact, he was under lockdown. He was under stay-at-home orders, um, but he didn't even have four reasons to get out. For two years, he was in house arrest, and that's when he wrote Ephesians. And his prayer, his prayer from a point of being in house arrest, under chains, in chains, was that he would speak boldly on every occasion. My goodness, if that's Paul's prayer at home under massive house arrest that he wanted to take every opportunity to speak boldly. Man, we're, we're a church that has freedom. So what does it look like for us to speak with that kind of boldness? Last week, Jeff talked about the armour of God, as I said, and I loved his analogy of kids. Remember that if you watched it where kids are already getting the car, but they've got no shoes. And it's like, my goodness, can you go and get some shoes? You're not ready. We're about to go out. There's something so profound in that analogy that I think that captures something in the life of the church at present generally. Now, I know I'm speaking generally. There's people that are really good at this kind of stuff of speaking boldly for God. But generally, I think the church has been silenced. Where we can be a community of people that are all dressed up, but we haven't got our shoes on. We haven't got our shoes of the readiness to actually speak about the good news of Jesus. I love that verse. This is how beautiful the feet of those who bring good news. I want us today to feel like, man, we got to go and get our shoes and put them on because we're ready to go. That we're ready to go and be the church and to speak about Jesus in all kinds of different contexts of where He has us. And so my hope is 
with that analogy is that we go and get some shoes, we put them on, and then we're ready. We're ready to speak with boldness about the good news of Jesus. That's how Paul lands it at the end of Ephesians. Here it is in Ephesians 6. There's just two verses. I've got a few different translations at his here, and it says this. It says, and pray for me too. Now here's Paul in house arrest, under guard, can't go anywhere, and he's calling for people to pray for him. His dependence upon God and prayer is huge. And pray for me too. Ask God to give me the right words so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan that the good news is for Jews and Gentiles alike. That just means it's for everyone. It's for those that think they're religious and those that think they aren't religious. I'm in chains now, still preaching this message as God's ambassador. See his calling, see his identity. So pray that I will keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. What a prayer. Other translations saying, please pray for me. Pray that truth will be with me before I even open my mouth. Ask the Spirit to guide me while I boldly defend the mystery that is the good news for which I'm an ambassador in change. So pray that I can bravely pronounce the truth as I should do. Pray also for me, another translation, that whenever I speak, words may be given to me so that I will fiercely make known the mystery of the gospel for which I'm an ambassador in change. Pray that I might declare it fearlessly as I should. And the message says, and don't forget to pray for me. Pray that I'll know what to say and have the courage to say it at the right time, telling the mystery to one and to all. Two verses that Paul lands this letter that says, pray for me. Pray for me that I can declare the good news of Jesus. Paul's saying, I need your help. God, I need your help. Brothers and sisters, I need your help. Pray for me. But here's the thing, it's not just for Paul, it's not about an expert, it's not about one person, it's about us receiving prayer and depending upon each other and God to strengthen us so that we collectively as the church can speak boldly about the good news of Jesus, that it's for everyone. That's why I love the Father's table, anyone's welcome. That's not just a Father's table thing, that's a church thing. Anyone's welcome. Do we have that disposition? So here's three things really quickly that I see in Paul. His dependence on prayer is what's going on. It's a real dependence on prayer. And he says this, pray that I know what to say. He would say, if you look on the screens, and pray for me to ask God to give me the right words. Pray the truth will be with me before I open my mouth. Pray also for me whenever I speak words may be given to me. Do you know, I absolutely believe as we've seen in Ephesians, that the enemy does not want God's kingdom to advance. We're in a spiritual battle. It's, it's not just flesh and blood. There's things going on in the heavenlies way more than we would ever realise. And so we've got this spiritual battle, right? He's the father of lies. One of the lies he wants to speak into your life, and I think far too many people believe this, is that you don't know what to say about Jesus. That's a lie. He wants you to believe that you don't know what to say. So therefore, we don't say anything. It's not true. I reckon it's a, it's a falsehood. You don't need to know what to say. That's the thing. You don't need to know what to say. It's not a script. It's not a formula. It's not some magic words that you need to say so someone falls on their knees and gives their life to Jesus. It's not a formula. 
It's actually you actually trusting God that he will give you the words to say, what to say and how to say it at the right time in the context. So therefore, the the lie that you don't know what to say, we need to smash that and go, I don't need to even think about that. I just need to turn up and be present. I just need to be in the mix with people. And when an opportunity presents, I'll trust that God will give me the right words to know what to say, when to say it and how to say it. Anyone can do that. If you're a believer in Jesus, you have the Spirit of God with you. He's a wonderful counsellor, it says in Isaiah. He will counsel you to know what to say. If you've been a believer for one day, you're resourced enough to know what to say in a situation to talk about Jesus. 100%. Because you've met Jesus. You understand that, that there is a God who loves you. That's enough. That's enough for you to know what to say when an opportunity presents. Now, I don't know how you feel about that but I absolutely believe that's true. And I reckon the enemy's got into our minds to say, you don't know what to say, therefore the church is silence. We haven't got our shoes on. You and I can speak boldly about the good news of Jesus. You absolutely can. Like it takes me back to before I was married and then, you know, you've got these times where you want to go up to a girl and you're feeling really nervous and you really don't know what to say. And then you've got mates who have got these classic pickup lines. Have I met you before? All that kind of stuff. I nearly said another word there. Um, I was so thankful when I got engaged and that stuff was done. But it was encouraging when your mates would go, just go up and talk to her. It's the same in this context. We just need to go and be with people and be ready to speak with boldness about the good news of Jesus. You don't need a script. You don't need a formula. You can just be you and God will give you the words. My hope is by the time we finish today, you believe that and you live it. And you're ready. You know, there's verses like in Matthew where, you know, Jesus is talking and he says, you know, don't worry about what to say. You know, Paul was brought before authorities. You might be brought in pressured moments with people. And it's like, you know, don't worry what to say. The Holy Spirit will speak through you. You will stand trial before governors and kings because you are my followers. followers. But this will be your opportunity to tell the rulers and the other unbelievers about me. When you are arrested, there you go, um, don't worry about how to respond or what to say. God will give you the right words at the right time. For it's not you who will be speaking. It, it will be the Spirit of God of your Father speaking through you. Now that's a principle for life. To the extent where if it meant that you were brought before authorities, which happened for Paul, it probably won't happen for you. But even if it did, and everything else, God will speak through you. He will give you the words to say by his Spirit. Praise God. Praise God. What about this one in John 12? It says, I don't speak of my own authority. This is Jesus talking. The Father who sent me has commanded me what to say and how to say it. And I know his commands lead to eternal life, so I say whatever the Father tells me. For us just to turn up, and be there and be ready and trust that God will speak through us. That's what I want to say yes to. That's what I want to see be available for. You've probably heard this classic verse in Revelation. It talks about this battle we have and we do have an enemy. And it says, and they, I haven't got this on the screen, and they have been defe- they've defeated him by the blood of the Lamb and by what? And by their testimony. You have a story. You have a story of you and God. You have a story of you and Jesus, and that is enough for you to speak from. You just tell your story. 
You can do that. You don't need to know what to say. You can trust God in the moment. I absolutely believe that because he is your wonderful counsellor. I was talking to Irene this morning who was singing with us and leading us in worship. Irene, could you come up? Can you grab a microphone off Jeff? You got it. Um, Irene shared this story of just Irene being Irene in your workplace. Do you want to share what happened? Yeah, sure. Um, so I work... I really love how God uses me as a vessel and all through my life since I became a Christian nine years ago, he has done that. And um, I work in a special setting, a school setting that's kind of like a behavioural school for boys. And I have quite a good relationship with most of them. I think I can relate to a lot of them, being a young teenager, teenager myself um, and going through hard times. And there was a particular student that was having a moment and he was quite angry and um, smashing a few windows and, you know, kind of was losing his mind. And um, when he finally had calmed down, I was sitting with him and he was crying and he was saying, you know, he was sick of his life and he's suicidal and he was sick of hurting the people that he loved and all this kind of thing. And, you know, I was trying to come across from one, one kind of um, aspect and I was saying you know have you seen someone about you know your life have you have you spoken to a counsellor have you tried going for anger management courses and I could hear God saying share share and I was kind of procrastinating getting to that point but um, you know he reckoned he had tried it all he had he'd tried to seek help and nothing ever worked for him and I said to him you know what mate I was 15 once and I went through and went through for a very long time the similar things that you're going through. I was broken, I was suicidal, I was in addiction, I had a very, very hard, dark life. And um, I said, you know what helped me? I said, when I was finally, when I was 30, I became a Christian and God changed my life. And God loved him. He turned to me and he said, you know what, Irene? I don't have that long. I'm not that patient. I can't wait that long. And, and my point to him was that he doesn't have to wait another 15 years. He doesn't have to go through what I went through. That's why I'm here to share to you that God can change your life and he can change it and he can change it big. And I thank God for everything he's done for me because I, will, I would not be the person I am today. And exactly what Jed said that, yeah, it was a hard time of my life, but I, I, I would never look back. And I thank God for what I went through so I can share my testimony to young kids so they don't have to go through what I went through. So, yeah, God is good. Mm. He really is. Amen. Yeah. So good. It's Thanks. what I'm talking about. Thanks for sharing, Irene. It's what I'm talking about. God places you in all these spaces, and when we feel those prompts that we can open our mouth and from our story or what we may know of Jesus, it doesn't have to be this perfect script or theological understanding. It's just you sharing you and sharing the good news. What could God do with that? What kind of multiplication could we see in the church if we all just did that consistently when we felt prompted? I appreciate you sharing, Irene. You've got an amazing testimony. We all have a story to share. And that's what connects us. Paul says, he also says, number two, he says that there's a, it's a prayer, it's a prayer from Paul to speak boldly about the good news. He says, so, he says, so I can boldly explain God's mysterious plan, that the truth will be in me before I open my mouth, that I'll fearlessly make known the mystery. Pray that I know what to say and have the courage to say it. We've got to put our shoes on. The enemy wants to silence you. He wants to silence the church. He's happy for us to have all, 
all stuff going on and look like we're, we're all dressed up and ready to go. He certainly does not want you speaking boldly about the name of Jesus. But we can and we're called to. You know, it's interesting Irene shared that story because I think one of the, one of the enemy's schemes is that he doesn't want to put, for you to put your shoes on. He wants you to think, oh, can I talk about Jesus? Is it politically correct? Can I talk about Jesus in my workplace? Everyone actually needs to work out their own truth. That's not really my responsibility. That's up to everybody else. Um, and then all of a sudden we go right back to Genesis and we go, I'm not my brother's keeper. But God's put you in the life of so many people around you already, even ones more to come, where God wants you just to be you and to turn up and to step in and go, I don't have to know what to say. I can kind of have some idea if I want to, but it's not about a formula. It's not about a script. And I want to speak. When I feel the prompt, I want to do that. I can speak. You know? And then I think one of the challenges in the life of the church is that we don't speak boldly. Some people do. Some people are just gifted that way. But we can be really timid. And then when we do speak, it's like the girl off Pitch Perfect. You seen that movie? You know that young girl that just kind of, when she speaks, it's like, really, what? And then everyone's, did she just say something? We, we're called to speak boldly, boldly, just genuinely about the good news of Jesus. Paul relies on prayer. He relies on the prayers of his brothers and sisters and the strength of the Spirit to speak boldly. And Paul closes this by going, I need prayer. I need prayer to speak boldly, and I want to do that. You know, 1 Peter 3, 5, you know that. It's like, and if someone asks you about your hope as a believer, always be ready to explain it. Now, that doesn't mean there's a script and a formula. It just means you're ready. You're ready to share. You know, one, I've never felt ready for anything God's called me to do whether it be any appointment officially or any conversation that I have with anyone, I never feel ready. If we wait to feel ready, we'll never speak. Always be ready to explain it, but do this in a gentle and respectful way. And if people speak against you, they'll be ashamed when they see what a good life you live because you belong to Christ. See, gentleness is strength under control. It's still bold, but it's just gentle and respectful. We can speak boldly we're called to do it i love that concept um, in two corinthians and it makes a reference to an old testament passage in, a, in the psalms but says but we continue to preach because we have the same kind of faith the psalmist had when he said i believe in god so i spoke if you have a belief in jesus there's a natural progression that says if i believe i speak they're connected they're not disconnected. The enemy wants to disconnect that in your life from your belief to your voice. He wants to disconnect it. But a natural progression is if you believe in Jesus, you speak. It's a natural thing. You know, one of the mantras of the Bible is to be strong and courageous, to be strong, to be courageous, to not be afraid or discouraged for Lord, your God is with you wherever you go. It's in Joshua. But it is a mantra. It's a theme of the Bible. The last thing Paul says, he's got this prayer, and the prayer is his dependence upon prayer is to keep on speaking. He, he knows that there's an identity piece, that he's an ambassador, that he represents Jesus. So because of that, the prayer is that he consistently, continuously, he perseveres boldly and speaks. I love this. He lands most of it. So pray that I'll keep on speaking boldly for him as I should. 
as I should do, as I should. There's a deep dependence upon Paul. Pray for me because that's the normal, natural thing that should happen. Now, normally I don't like the word should. And I I'd actually take it out of my vocabulary because that's like someone else is telling you to do something. Where I believe God wants us to do things from an internal way. And if we're doing something because we should, we probably won't do it. This is different. Paul says, I have a deep belief in Jesus. I'm an ambassador for him. Therefore, what normally should happen is I speak. It's that kind of should. If you're a believer in Jesus, there's an absolute connection with your belief in you speaking about Jesus. Just naturally. Just you being you. I believe, therefore, I speak. Again, it's not up to the experts. It's not up to Jed and Sue and the team just to do that at Father's Table and we can give money to that and they look after that. They're doing awesome there. But it's up to all of us as the church to speak. If you know Jesus, you're good to go. Simple as that, 100%. You have the Spirit of God living within you as a believer in Jesus. You are good to go. You are good to speak. In fact, Jesus would declare that you are a priest, that you're a royal priest. You may have heard that as the priesthood of all believers. What that means is it's not about pastors. It's not about experts. You know, a thing that we've done in the church is professionalized ministry. And there's this thought process that if you want to be a really good Christian and serious about it, you'll actually go to Bible college and become a pastor. That's never, ever in the plan of what God wants to do in your life unless he calls you to that absolutely specifically. Because it's not about that. Because you're a pastor. We're all pastors together. That's what that verse means. You'll see it in 1 Peter 2.9. It says, For you're a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's very own possession. And as a result, so because you are a pastor, because you're a priest, a royal priest, because you're chosen, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. For he called you out of the darkness into his one wonderful light. What that simply means is we're all the same. On the same playing level, that's why Jeb would say we just hug everybody because we're all the same. We're all called and we're all called to believe and to speak. That's how the church is the church. We proclaim Jesus, we witness Jesus all because of our identity in who we are. That's the call of every believer. It's not up to a select few. It's up to you and me together. You're adopted into the family of God, praise God, so therefore we're about the Father's business, which is his mission in his world to declare that the good news is for everybody. Praise God. So to finish up, Paul pretty much says the same thing in Colossians. Let me share this verse with you in Colossians. It says this in Colossians 4.2. It says, Devote yourselves to prayer... See other dependence upon prayer? Devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. And pray for us too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains. Pray, see prayer. Pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. What a beautiful picture of the church. Dependence upon prayer to be the church. Dependence upon prayer to see opportunities. Dependence upon prayer to be with people who don't believe and be ready to speak. 
trusting that God will do that through you. I love the message in verse 6. It says, Make the most of every opportunity. Be gracious in your speech. The goal is to bring out the best in others in a conversation, not put them down, not cut them out. See, God does not want a body of believers that judge people for who they are and what they've done. He wants a body of people that can be genuinely themselves, understanding they're called, that they're ambassadors, that they speak because they believe. And actually, when you have a conversation with someone, it actually brings out the best in them, that it actually includes them. It invites them to participate. I would so want us to be a community of people. And again, there's many who understand this and are active in this. But if you think that you can't do it, you don't know what to say, maybe you're not the right person, there's other people that are more um, intellectual than me, or whatever excuse you may have, none of it stands up. None of it. Because the truth is that you're a child of God, called by God personally, adopted into his family, and he's given you a story and truth to share in every situation that you find there's an opportunity to do that in. And like when you get a prompt like Irene, you can just step into that and trust he will give you the words to say. Do you believe it? I hope so. I hope you believe it because I believe that's truth. It was just on Friday night. One of my go places is hanging out with Ash as she sings, you know, that I do that quite often and I've spoken about that before. On Friday night, I'm hanging out with Ash at a club and about halfway through her first set, there's this guy over there filming her and, and anyway, he was just loving music and um, he was a little bit older than me. Um, anyway, he'd come over in the first break. And he chatted, um, he came over to our table and he was just saying, I'm not some creepy guy who's filming you, Ash, I really, I really love what you're doing. He's sharing that on Facebook, whatever. And he just starts talking. And he starts talking about the universe this and we're meant to meet together tonight and, and telling me his story and how the universe did this and the universe put everything together in these stories. And he was a great guy. And Lance, if you're watching, it was great to meet you the other night on Friday. But in that conversation... There was just those prompts like Irene had. And he's talking about the universe, this, and I said, I understand that dynamic, mate. I'm a person of faith. And so I said, and then we're chatting, and then, and then a little bit later in the conversation, um, I just said, oh, mate, what's, what is your faith story? I'd be keen to hear everyone's got a story. What's your faith story? Again, there's no script. Just trusting God and what to say. And then he tells me his story. He tells me his story of how he grew up, his work career and what that looked like and how it changed and all the challenges he's had in his life. And it was just great to hear his story. He told me he was brought up in the Catholic Church, met the Pope and pulled out a photo of, of that and it was just a really good conversation. Then he was telling me about how he was just helping people, helping people in so many ways, using, using times in his life that were tragic and turning it around to help people in so many different ways. It was really intriguing to hear his story. He then told me he had the courtesy bus that was picking him up at, um, at 10 o'clock, and he goes, I'm just going to see if I can delay that and go later, which was interesting. So it was a long conversation with Lance, let me tell you. So he goes and changes his bus, and goes, I'm here for another hour, and I'm going, mm, that's interesting. Um, we're chatting further, and I just said to him, mate, you know what I love to do? I love to help people understand that Jesus is who he says he is, 
and he's done what he said he's done. And we spoke a little bit about that. And then I said to him later, mate, I've just got this overwhelming sense that God wants to say to you tonight. I see you. I see what you do. I love you. I just want you to do it in my name. And we just had this beautiful conversation. Because I've got this thing, I might speak boldly, speak boldly, because I was preparing a message. And now we, we chatted that whole time. Let's stay connected on Facebook, no worries. You know, I read his Facebook post just yesterday that he was chatting with his mates. It was nothing about me. He was just continuing the story of chatting about Ash. And this is what he said on his Facebook post to his mate. He says, I ended up sitting with her and her father for the remainder of the night and was so engrossed in the conversation with her father that I didn't watch the rest of the game because he came to watch footy. So here's a guy that comes to a club to watch a footy game See someone who's singing, is intrigued by that, enters into conversation, and the conversation about life and faith and Jesus, he was so engrossed of that that he changed his courtesy pickup for another hour and didn't watch the end of the game. I am convinced, absolutely convinced, that there's many, many people all around you all around me that are happy to have a faith conversation about Jesus with someone that they can trust. Absolutely believe that. It just takes us being the church to find common ground and to go, I want to see people, some people saved and to be bold enough to speak. Now, you're not going to do that in your own strength. It comes down to Paul's disposition of dependence upon prayer. Pray for me that I'll speak boldly. Pray for me that I'll keep speaking boldly. And for you and I to go, I don't need to know what to say. I just need to turn up and be ready to speak and to trust God that from his truth in your story that you will be able to speak into situations and sow seeds for the kingdom of God and we will see some people saved. I don't know how you feel about that, but I absolutely believe that's the calling for us as the church, which is you and me. It's not an institution. It's not a couple of people. It's his body. It's every person. So today, as we close this message, as we close this series, I just wonder if we could, if we can engage with that dependence upon prayer. And right now, I just want to create an opportunity where you are, in your home or wherever you're watching, for the few people that are here as well, that if that's something that you want to receive prayer for, that you would actually, God, I would want to receive prayer to be the kind of person that can speak boldly for you and to trust you in that and to take opportunities. If that's something today at the end of this series that you would want to receive prayer for, can I encourage you, wherever you are, as a declaration to that, and only do it if you want to, to actually stand, actually to make a stand. Like part of boldness is making a stand. Understand. Can I encourage you in your home, even if you're in the comfiest place in bed or you're in a lounge chair or it's super inconvenient? And I know David Lunn, I know you would actually stand for this kind of prayer because I see you do it. Can I just encourage you, if you would want to receive prayer for this today as part of the church, could I encourage you to stand right now? And I actually want to pray for you. I want to pray that God will actually give you the boldness 
and the trust in Him that as part of His church, that we would have shoes on, we're ready to go, and that we will follow the prompts and pray and speak boldly and trust Him that He will give you the words to say by His Spirit. And while I'm praying for you, could I ask you to pray for me, that I would do the same, because we're in this together. I absolutely need dependence upon prayer and the Spirit of God to be able to speak boldly because the enemy wants to silence us. And that's true every time that you get a prompt. And so to be victorious, it's the blood of the Lamb and our testimony. It's us trusting God that we will speak. So as we close this Ephesians series, let's come together in dependence upon prayer. Let me pray for you, and if you can pray for me, that would be great. Father, we come before you today and we stand before you in the name of Jesus. And we thank you, God, that, that you have revealed yourself to us and we choose to believe in you, Jesus, that you are God, that you did live this life, you gave your life, you conquered death, you rose from the dead, you sent your spirit to live within us. We are so thankful. We thank you that you've adopted us into your family and you consider us royal priests. What a ridiculous blessing. We are so thankful. God, I want to pray for everyone standing, me included. God, that you would, you would fill us with a boldness. You'd fill us with a confidence. You'd fill us with a readiness. You'd fill us with truth that can just pop out and surprise us. Lord, that you would show us parts of our story that we can just declare you, Jesus, and the difference you've made in our life. Lord, I pray Lord, that you would give us the boldness to speak, to follow your prompts and to step into it. Lord, I pray that you give us the trust, that we would trust you to know what to say, how to say it and when to say it. And God, I pray that your spirit would work in us and through us so that we would speak. And Lord, I pray that you would give us endurance, that you give us persistence, a consistency in speaking out your good news. Lord, help us to be the people that leads the way in our community of speaking out your good news. Go on to pray against the enemy in Jesus' name. Lord, that his lies will be silenced in our minds and your truth would be victorious. And I pray, God, that this truth of our purpose and our identity to speak your good news, Jesus, would actually rise to the surface. And I pray, God, that by your Spirit, you'd fan that into flame all for your glory. We pray that we would see some people, we'd see many people step into your family as a result of us speaking your truth and your good news. And we commit that to you today in the powerful name of of Jesus. Can I hear any amens? Amen. Great to share that word with you today. Thanks, Jeff. I'll hand over to you.